Welcome to Let's Relieve Regret, the uplifting podcast where we talk about how to relieve what you're worrying about. It can feel so good to finally let go. Let go of past hurts, let go of old grudges, let go of self-doubt, self-shame. The thing is, we aren't always given the tools to let go. We're told to get over it, or it's time to move on. But how do we do that? We will share our stories, tools, and strategies of how we let go to help you let go. Let's begin. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Let's Relieve Regret. Uh, I'm your co-host, Shadow Ball, here with my other co-host... Victoria Mirabersia. And uh, today we're so happy to welcome a guest, Nadia. Hello. Duh. I think we're just going to jump right in today because I can't believe it. We're already in season four of this podcast. <laughs> um, we're so happy that you're here with us along our regret journey. Again. So on a scale of one to 10, Victoria, how are you doing today? Well, I'm going to give myself a seven today. <clears throat> and here's my reason why everybody might hear it in my voice. I'm just recovering from COVID. Again. Again. <laughs> I had it this time of year last year, like almost a year to the date actually. But um, wow, it's been two weeks and today's the first day that I'm actually feeling like I have energy. The oh, fatigue was real. The fatigue was real. I was having like three hour naps, five hour naps. Like it was, it was legit. So uh, I'm going to give myself a seven, which I think is a pretty good rating, actually, because yeah. I've been more like a four or less the past two weeks. So I'm going to give myself a seven. Yay. How, how about you, Shadow? What's yours? Uh, on a scale of one to ten, I guess I'm, yeah, about an eight. Yeah, today has been pretty good so far. And Nadia, do you care to share where you're at at a scale of one to ten? Sure. I think I'm about an eight as well. Uh, yeah, I got my hair done, so I think that's the <laughs> nice. raise dealt with uh, the blowout. Yeah, and I think that um, there's a lot going on, and yet I don't feel as though it's it's overwhelming me as much as oh it nice does on usual days. Nothing like a good blowout. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Um, I, I, once yeah. once in a while, like <laughs> once in a while, you gotta treat yourself. Do you want to make your blowout, which I, our listeners can't see, but is beautiful. Um, do you want to make that your cause of a pl- for applause? I'd love to hear what yeah. you guys have. Yeah. Okay. Shadow, why don't you go first? I am going to go first because it's worst. my birthday. Oh, it's, it's your birthday. birthday. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Um, so that's my cause for applause today. So I'm probably a little bit higher than an eight, but I also wanted to kind of like save up uh the energy for my birthday announcement um listeners uh you're probably you're listening to this in january or actually any time of year i guess uh but we're recording this in mid-december and we all know how mid-december is everyone's favorite time of year uh especially uh if you have a birthday right in the middle because it doesn't (laughs) add any additional chaos or overwhelm (laughs) or anything like that uh my brother is also a december baby so the December in our house growing up was quite, uh, quite busy. And uh, it's nice. Like I'm going, I'm going to be going home next week to see my brother and my parents. And uh, that's going to be a lot of fun. But it just, you know, it's so fun to like 
open my birthday presents like under the Christmas lights. <laughs> it's become Do you a really tradition. like it? Do you actually really like it? Yeah. I, you know, cause it kind of like, here's the other thing. I'm not always the best planner for Christmas presents. So I usually tend to get like a bit of additional funds on my birthday. And then I can use that to buy Christmas presents, which is really nice for me. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Chris- Christian's December 14th. Mm-hmm. So he's two days away. And, uh, yeah, I don't think he minds either, but I know lots of other people, their birthdays are close and I'm like, oh, it's the worst because then you don't, they don't like feel as special because it's kind of like an add-on. It's like, oh, you get mm. one extra gift or something. Sure. But I, as a kid, maybe I kind of felt like that, but my, I, you know, I also had, I don't know, it just made the whole season that much nicer. <laughs> I this is so silly Nadia I I don't know if we included this in a previous episode but I've talked about how when you have a December birthday and I don't know if Christian feels that way you have to wait the whole year for your birthday and Victoria corrected me and said well everyone waits a whole year for their birthday <laughs> like I don't know, like if, if something about being in December it, it definitely gives the illusion that I've like waited longer <laughs> and it like builds up the anticipation for the day is it like a pat on the back? Like I did it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm 2023. More, I'm like... more patient than you. I waited the whole year for my birthday. Maybe. Maybe it's part of that. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I'm not, I'm really excited for next year because I'm such a number nerd where like next year my birthday will be 12, 12, 24. Ooh. So I like that. I like that uh, symmetry. So uh, how about we move our focus, Victoria, uh, from my birthday to your cause for applause this week? Okay, mine's kind of kind of weird, but um, I made one of these. <laughs> you can't see it. So um, I'll explain what it is, everybody. But every Monday in my Facebook group, the Worry-Free and Joyful Living Facebook group, the link is always at the bottom of the podcast <laughs> notes, everybody, if you want to join Every Monday I go live for half an hour and I do a motivational chat or some kind of activity, something joyful or something where we learn about ourselves. And I did some paper crafts this Monday and we had so much fun. We learned some doodling techniques and we learned how to make one of these. What do you call this? A fortune teller. Oh, do you, do you, I think that's right, right? Yeah, so it's that folded piece of paper, everybody, that we used to make as kids that has like four, I don't know, triangles, and then you put your thumbs in it, and you put your thumbs to the front and to the side in it, and then you and then it opens up, and you pick a number, and then you go one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. So I've heard a couple names from, from these from some of my members, too. One of them said they used to call it a cootie catcher. I don't know what that means. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, we definitely called them that when I was younger. Yeah. Yeah. And then somebody else said they're called a yes-no. Oh, I like to. So, so I made one, and then on the outside I put words, and on the insides I put numbers, and then on the inside I did jokes. Do you want to hear a joke? Yes. I'm going to tell you the words to pick. There's joy, merry, hope, or lovely. Pick a word. Uh, Joy. Okay. J O Y. Okay. Your number options are six, seven, three, or two. Two. One. One, two. Oh, same thing. Six, seven, three, or two? Seven. Okay. Here's the joke under seven. How much did Santa pay for his sleigh? Oh, I think I know the answer. Nothing. It was on the house. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Anyways, this is my cause for applause because 
usually I do like a motivational, like something on Motivational Monday about personal growth or something about how to practice mm-hmm. joy. And it's kind of like a speech, but I did this kind of paper folding and doodling workshop and we had so much fun. And when I pulled this thing out, everybody had so much fun and had something to say about it. So that's my mm-hmm. cause for applause. And now it's sitting on my desk and it'll just sit there and it'll bring me joy. I love that's it. My cause for applause. I made my own cootie catcher, yes, no, or fortune teller. Mm-hmm. And I, I had to remember actually, like right. I couldn't remember how to fold it. And uh, one of, one of uh, the members in the Facebook group actually helped me out doing it. She remembered how to do it, but nice. I couldn't remember that as easily, but you know what I can remember is paper cranes. I could. Wow. Do like that. Yeah. I don't know. I haven't made one in years and I decided to try and make one. And I remembered how to do it like that. We learned mm. when I was in like grade four and right. I don't know something about paper folding and memory anyway. So that's my Neat. cause for applause. I had fun with paper. I like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I made those fortune tellers far beyond my childhood years because I was a camp counselor for many years. Mm. So that was always a big thing. Uh, Nadia, what about you? Um, talked about your blowout. We talked yeah, about my birthday. I guess it'll talked, have to yeah. be my blowout uh, because <laughs> I am a mom of three kids and I rare and I have a lot of hair. Uh, <laughs> I am half Italian, half Persian, and a very thick, crazy, frizzy hair. And to have a s- smooth, clean, <laughs> nice <laughs> uh, blowout um, does make me feel nice. It makes me feel um, it makes me feel polished and poised, and yeah, I like it. Yeah, it's it's a nice treat. Oh, absolutely. I haven't had a haircut in quite some time. I've been doing it myself since COVID. Um, but that's, that's okay. Impressive. Um, it's it's fine. Um, it's but fine. I, I do. I, I was actually thinking this morning when I woke up that like, that's something I used to do on my birthday was get a birthday haircut. Oh, and really? uh, I just kind of let it get away from me this year. Um, so uh, kind of nice uh, serendipity there. Um, when you do your I, yeah. hair on your own, do yeah. you do the thing where you put all the hair in front of your face and then line it up? Is that your technique? My technique is to do four braids. Oh, okay. But the, yeah, the front part does get flipped over, but the back part doesn't. Because um, I... It's actually, it's interesting that you brought up thick hair because I have a lot of hair, but the individual strands are very fine. Mm. So they don't hold a style. You can't, like, even if I get my hair permed, like, it doesn't, it comes right out. Like, it is just, it wants to be a very straight head of hair. It, you'd, I, I, my goal is always to look like I didn't cut my hair. Like, <laughs> I just made it more comfortable, more easy to blow dry, more easy to manage. But I don't want someone to be like, ooh, you got a haircut. Because I, I don't want it to be obvious. That's been my <laughs> approach to it. So, um, yeah, I do that about like once a month, just kind of get in there. And, but yeah, I think the next time I actually go get my haircut, the person's going to be like, what is going on back here? <laughs> That's like always my fear too, because I've been dying it myself and cutting it myself too since COVID. And I'm like, when I go back to hairdresser, they're going to give me a lecture for sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or maybe they'll well, see it, it as a challenge. <laughs> Thank you. You're doing a good job. When you were getting your hair done, were, um, were you on your own or were your kids like around? Yes. No, I was on nice. my own. And because again, because I have a lot of hair, it takes a long time. Yeah, especially the blow dry. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. And so it's, it's it's something I can't manage. I 
I have to say that I'm going to be there for two, two and a half hours. Nice. Say about that. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. That's beautiful. I also, I love the sensation of having someone else shampoo my hair. Mm -hmm. It's just so Mm -hmm. relaxing. Like, yeah. 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 So no, that's nice. I'm so, I'm so glad. Like that's such a nice cause for applause. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, I'll just explain to our listeners that we do the cause for applause just to kind of, you know, get us back into the present, get us enjoying the uh, daily moments, but it's not meant to be like a toxic, oh, we always have to be happy. We always have to be positive. Um, And I'm sharing that because I've adapted this practice into all of my meetings. So any of my one-on-one meetings, whether it's with clients or friends, I might not straight up come out and say, hey, what's your cause for applause? But I do try to sneak that into the first few minutes of any uh, interaction I have. How do you Um, sneak it in? Uh, oh, hey, can you like, what's go? what's good in your life right now? Or like, because mm. usually it's just like a, hey, how are you? And then, you know, and like, for some of my friends and people who listen to the podcast will know, I will just come out and say, and what's your cause for applause? And they'll be like, oh, no, I didn't think of one. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've learned this from Victoria, and I really appreciate the uh, effect it's having in my life. Yay, that's another cause for applause. Yeah, (laughs) nice. Um, Well, and then one more is that we do have our guest here. Nadia is a writer and former news producer of Afghan and Italian heritage. Her work has been published in a variety of magazines and illuminated on buildings in New York City. How cool. Uh, She is currently working on a novel and on her Sicilian family fascist past. Wow. Wow. Uh, She also runs a community writing studio and newsletter on how creativity changes us called The Dormer Window. Uh, Welcome, Nadia, to the show. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. And I think I just messed it up again. It's Nadia, not Nadia. Nadia. Yeah. Nadia. Okay. Nadia. Yeah. Either way. I'm not. uh, I'm not. I know. I am like that with my name because like people will say it's it shadow or shadow and I'm just like yeah, whatever. Um, (laughs) But at the same time, I know that I'm trying to be a little bit more cognizant of that in my day to day life. So Nadia, welcome. We're so happy to have you here. First, we're going to hear a regret from Victoria. And then we'll do a bit of feedback. And then we'll hear from you. And we'll uh, see where we are by the end of the show. (laughs) Again, thank you for being here. And Victoria, I'm going to throw it over to you. Do you have anything you want to share before you get into the regret today? Like set the stage, maybe a little bit of preamble. This kind of connects to one that we talked about before, but I'm I'm kind of reframing it in in um Ooh. I'm reframing it slightly, I think. Okay. So I can't remember what episode it was. We talked about social connections versus emotional connections and recognizing mm-hmm. that not all friendships have to be these deep friendships yeah. that have these expectations. Some friendships are just social ones and they're just friends you have fun with, or some friends yeah. are just the friends that you do that one activity with, like your painting friends or right. your, right, whatever. So it kind of connects into that. So when we do feedback, it kind of connects into that, but. I have a, I guess I'm going to call this a habit maybe or behavior that I want to, I want to, I'm not sure I want to let go of it, but I, I want to kind of process it maybe, or maybe understand it a bit more. And this is for me, finding the balance between standing up for myself and forgiving others. So to some of my look like I'm holding a grudge 
or that I'm stubborn and I'm still exploring that or I'm exploring if I'm holding the grudges or if I people please to the point with certain friendships or relationships to the point that I get hurt because I'm people pleasing so much and then I get upset and then I put a hard barrier up. I'm not sure if I'm holding a grudge or if I'm just putting a barrier up to protect myself because I've allowed relationships to kind of hurt me or take advantage of me. Like, am I holding the grudge or being stubborn because it feels good or am I doing the right thing and creating boundaries so that people that have shown me that they can, that continually take me for granted are not sucking up my energy. So I'm trying to figure out what the balance is between that and what the balance is between that behavior is. I guess the consequence of it or the consequence of this idea, or maybe I've even just put this idea in my head that I hold grudges and I'm not, maybe I'm just putting up healthy barriers is that I can ruminate in the grudges or the thoughts around the person that's hurt me. And instead I want to start working on processing my hurt and realizing my needs and wants in relationships before they get to this point or recognizing if I'm being a people pleaser and not getting anything out of the relationship myself. Instead of saying I did everything I could in that moment with the tools I had today, I'm going to say I'm a human being and I'm learning and that's okay. I don't, I don't, I don't know what to call it today. Regret something or my, my exploration of something that's maybe a dirty little secret. I don't know. I don't know what to call it. I don't know what to call it. Well, I'll call it relatable. Uh, Thank you so much for sharing. Do you want feedback about this regret? For sure I do. Yeah. Um, I ask, like, I'm not going to give it to you. (laughs) But that's part of the process, right? Because sometimes I'd say no, and sometimes you say no, and that's okay, too. Sometimes sometimes you just want to vent. Sometimes you just want to be heard. Sometimes you just Mm -hmm. need to take it from inside your brain and say it out loud, right? So, Mm -hmm. but I think this one, yeah, I'm interested to hear what both yeah. you have to say. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I love that you've identified this um, grudge versus barrier. And I would love to just hear a little bit more about how you would differentiate them and where their similarities are. Yeah, I guess that's kind of what I'm exploring is I, I, I can look back on several friendships that I've had in my life or relationships. Maybe they were social ones. Maybe they were activity-based ones where... I feel like, and I've worked on this a lot, I'm not a people pleaser as much as I used to be, but I feel like I was giving, giving, giving and being taken for granted. And then maybe one thing happened and then I ruminate on that one thing. I'm like, well, this person did this to me and it's, I I can't put myself in that position again. And then that's what I ruminate on kind Mm -hmm. of as if it's a grudge, but really the person did actually do something to hurt me and wasn't accountable. So Am I protecting myself? Should I be more forgiving? I actually think there's a fine line between, I mean, people can hurt you and you can say, okay, well, they were in a bad place. And like, oh, over the span of our entire relationship or whatever, you know, that their intention wasn't to hurt me and maybe I can Mm. forgive them. But then I also think people can continually do little things that they don't know they're doing. And then you all of a sudden realize the relationship you have with that person Mm -hmm. is one where you're constantly giving and you're not receiving. And I think you need to be able to give and receive at certain points and times in your relationships. 
no relationships 50 50 sometimes it's 60 40 sometimes it's 80 20 but maybe it's 80 20 and then next year it's 20 80 right but the ebbs and flow of relationships too i'm not saying everything has to be perfect 50 50 but Mm -hmm. i think i get pushed to the point where i realize wow i'm giving way more into this friendship or relationship than i'm receiving and then i think maybe my thing is instead of me saying like, I'm going to walk away from that friendship, I kind of ruminate, my brain ruminates on it. I'm not doing it on purpose, but my brain ruminates in the hurt maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, again, very relatable. Uh, as you're speaking, I can just think of several friendships where I've been giving too much away. I also am a people pleaser and I like to be liked. And <laughs> this idea of of um, not abandoning myself has been mm. helpful to me. Um, and like then the other thing is, is asking myself, why am I giving to this person? Because <laughs> then I know for me, it's often because I get a sense of self-worth mm. from doing something for this person. And then, uh, then it triggers this idea of I'm abandoning myself. I'm giving them the power. And so I can understand then, because I've been there too, where suddenly I get angry or resentful mm-hmm. and get stuck in those negative emotions because suddenly I'm thinking, oh, I've given them the power and I feel powerless. And then it becomes this act, an aggressive act versus, you know, through the course of your relationship, kind of lightly treading the waters of, okay, why am I doing this? I, maybe I don't need to go all out mm-hmm. and- and expect this from these people maybe i need to do something for myself instead or somebody else i guess the question too becomes like we have relationships with certain people for certain reasons as well because i can think of a toxic relationship with a mom of my son and i think that my need to have this relationship with her was about protecting my son Mm. and then i had to just say it's okay for me not to have a relationship with this person. Right. I don't know if that's. No, I, I'm right? totally that's you're saying it almost better than I am. Like it gets to a point where there's almost an aggression. Yeah. And that's when I get to the mm-hmm. ruminating thing. And I I do, I, I will acknowledge I'm, I'm a lot better. Like are quite a few friendships that I've kind of like stepped away from. And it is, it's about like feeling powerless in the relationship too. And then a fear of getting hurt again, because I, I have no power in that relationship because I gave all my power away and relationships shouldn't feel like a power struggle either. Mm. And when you start questioning that in a friendship, is it a friendship? Right. No, I want to say no. It's a codependency situation, right? Where suddenly you're, you're saying, okay, now I need this person to want me and I need to feel fuel that because that again gives me a sense of self-worth my identity against this person is important and just shedding all of that and so that's where this idea of boundaries is so helpful and it's such a great Mm -hmm. word instead of holding a grudge or um, pushing somebody away I think holding Mm -hmm. a boundary makes you for me at least consider oh i need to protect myself and there's this Mm -hmm. idea of having a power circle that a friend of mine she's an artist told me who's in your power circle and i found that so powerful because oh that person is not in my power circle so why am i 
So just forcing me to think through who would I put in my power circle? Is that power circle like people that will empower you and support you or what's, that's who you put in your power circle? Okay. Yeah. Power me up. Yeah. Power me up. Okay. Because there are always going to be people that pull you down and take energy from you. But then to your point, is this really a friend? And maybe the word friend is so loaded. So yeah. You just think, okay, this person, as you said, sometimes they come in and out and also accepting that they come in and out of your life at different times. Right now, we're just at different junctures of our life. And this person is just, we're not, we're on different journeys and we're not meeting, but I can hope uh, that we will later on when we're at a different point in our life. And maybe they need to do some growing. I need to do some growing. I know I've experienced that as well. So everything that you're saying is very relatable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, I, I like you're saying too, it's not black and white. And I think maybe that's where the idea of grudges come from, where I think like, I need to put up a barrier, this person's been hurting me or taking advantage of me or whatever it is. And then I'm like, that means I'm never going to talk to them ever again. But people change, mm-hmm. right? But then I also get scared. And I think, well, they're also never going to talk to me ever again. And they must hate me and my, my and this happens to me in the wintertime. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm a totally different person in the winter than I am in the summer. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, I'm so much more confident in the summer. And this is part of the seasonal affective disorder that I have is I go to this like super lack of confidence in the winter, right? Mm-hmm. Nobody likes me. Everybody hates me going to the garden to eat worms, right? Like mm-hmm. I just like, and and so that plays into it too. And I guess that's kind of why this regret came up to me because we're in the darkness now and, mm-hmm. and I'm noticing I'm feeling this way. I'm, I'm thinking about grudges or past relationships or barriers and I'm questioning Am I a bad person for putting that barrier up for myself? Do the other does the other person on the other side of this like hate me or or have a grudge against me too? Or is it possible that we could ever come back together again? Or mm-hmm. but my brain goes to a very black and white place and I'll and and I, I lose confidence in myself. And uh so trying to find that place of what are healthy barriers. And the other thing that I've learned from quite a few relationships. I've looked back, there's friendships I had in teenagehood, childhood, early 20s that I'm no longer friends with these people and I'm quite happy about it. And I look back on them and I think, wow, man, I really gave like everything in that relationship. And there's always like a moment when I need the that person and they're not there for me. And that's when I kind of walk away and I'm like, wow, okay, that was really telling. And and I'm I'm, you know, happy with those barriers. But I think what I've learned is how do I set up my barriers, needs and wants at the beginning of a new friendship so that it doesn't get to that point. Mm-hmm. And my behavior has changed. Like I have learned how to say no, no is a sentence and how to say I'm tired and I'm not, I'm not feeling up to going out tonight or that fear of like, if I say no, and they ask me to go out for a coffee, they're going to think I always say no, you know, those sorts mm-hmm. of things. I'm not that person anymore. And I'm, I'm really proud of the progress that I've made that way, but there's still some friendships. There are some older friendships in my life that I'm not sure <laughs> if they're healthy. <laughs> oh no. Well, the fact that you can ask yourself that question is, is healthy, right? That you're mm-hmm. actually uh, stepping back and observing something versus being in the grip of it and just not even being able to have that level of awareness and know, oh, something feels a bit off here. Mm-hmm. It's one yeah. thing, right? And I want to check in on myself to be like, am I holding a grudge or is something actually off? Or am I just like, it feels good to be angry? 
<laughs> Sometimes it does. Yeah, <laughs> it absolutely. does, right? Like it feels righteous. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Well, it's be- yeah. You're trying to pump yourself up, right, and say I'm right, they're wrong. Like you're saying, yeah. the black and white. We go into that black and white way of thinking, uh, of course, because we're feeling hurt. And mm-hmm. I would expect you both know far more than I do that there's probably something that goes on emotionally and in your nervous system where you're like, no, like black, white. <laughs> yeah. This yeah. is because you're protecting yourself. You're kind of surviving in this scenario that feels like it's just crushing you. <laughs> I would imagine. Yeah. And I think for me too, I taught, did I talk about this shadow? We talked about this. I've had like a recent diagnosis of something called rejection sensitivity dysphoria, which is something that I'm like, trying to work through too is any small little thing will make me feel rejected and I'll go to that place of everybody hates me nobody likes me and I can like feel it shadow you can probably explain you were good at explaining it to me when I got diagnosed (laughs) with it but like I can feel it like physically like if I see on Facebook that some of my friends have gone out for coffee and didn't invite me I'm like oh my god I want to sleep for three days and I and Mm -hmm. And I fight through that a lot. So then I'm this idea that I'm like kind of processing around grudges or when people really hurt me. And these aren't little things. I'm not talking about little things. Like I hold grudges on like the big things because I I generally don't sweat the small stuff. And I'm pretty good at saying to people, no pressure. But then is that me Mm -hmm. being a pushover or not? I don't know. But (laughs) yeah, understanding this diagnosis of rejection, sensitivity, dysphoria, I'm still trying to understand it. But when I got it, I was like, I learned about it. And then I talked to my psychiatrist and I was like, I think I have this. He goes, oh yeah, you have that. (laughs) I was like, can we discuss this? And he's like, oh yeah, 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 yeah. You totally have that. (laughs) I mean, he's been treating me for like 10 years, right? And I was like, yeah, okay, now let's talk about it. And he's like, yep, you're, yep, that's going on for you for sure. (laughs) It's like, great. Do Do you have any practices that help you? When you face a rejection, what do you usually do? Yeah, this is this is new for me, right? It's like learning, learning how to, so failure can feel like a rejection. As an athlete, like losing a race is like, is really, is a really big one that I realize I've been dealing with a lot in my, my life. I've been, you know, competing pretty competitively for like almost 30 years, like losing, failing, those things all feel like rejections and then like rejections, social rejections, emotional rejections, all of those things too. And yeah, I, that's a good question. I'm looking for things. I mean, one is I didn't lose. I got beat. I mean, I still put my best self out there. Um, time. <laughs> but then also, cause I know that I have this diagnosis. I, I I've been finding myself saying to myself like, okay, Victoria, like step, like almost like, CBT, like step back. This is your brain. Your brain's playing a trick on you. You know that these, this person loves you. Like it, you know, like stepping back and saying, okay, there's probably other reasons for this. Do you, do you go into, is it shame? What rejection? Is it shame? It, like, it totally 100% like goes straight into shame. It goes straight yeah. into shame. Shame is I'm a bad person. It totally goes yeah. into shame. So I, yeah. I know, like, because I deal with a lot of shame, the critic, and believing that something's wrong with me. <laughs> And one practice that I've found that helps me so much, I try to do at the end of the day, at least once a week, um, is to name uh, what is the goodness that I put into the world and what is the goodness I received. And cause shame, goodness, right? And, and so 
it's a way of seeing your goodness and that you are able to receive goodness as well. I don't know if that's mm, no, that's really helpful. Thank you. That I find that that makes me not think that I'm a bad person or that I'm failing as I automatically go there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and it's, again, it's interesting. Like I automatically go there in the winter way more than I do in the mm-hmm. summer. That is interesting. Yeah. That is really like interesting. I have a pretty deep seasonal affective disorder. <laughs> A lot of people are like, I've seen affective disorder too, and they might, but it, it it's different for them. It's like tiredness or whatever. But for me, it's very it's um, chemical, right? It's chemical. Uh, it, it's chemical and it really mm-hmm. deals with my emotions and it really deals with my self-worth for sure. Sure. Yeah. Shadow, I see you nodding your head. Oh yeah, I've I've been writing lots of different things down and something I wanna kinda come back to is the idea of the power circle. And how I've heard, I don't, it's not a stat or anything. It's just kind of like a way we live our lives where at any point in our lives, we're the product of the five people we spent the most time with. Mm-hmm. So for me, that's like my partner, like a couple best friends, Toria, you're, you end up coming in and out of that top five, depending on how hard we're working on the podcast. And you do feel it. You do feel it when you're not with your power circle or if you have to kind of put the power circle on the back burner while you deal with some more emergency relationships and just being cognizant that like as good as the power circle feels like, I don't think it's necessarily people pleasing to step out of the power circle from time to time because like, you're so lucky that you actually get to make that decision Mm. of like, who's in your power circle and who can you give a little bit of your time to who maybe doesn't have a power circle, who doesn't have those product of five people uh, energy in their lives. But you have to make sure that like, when you're talking to them, when you're giving them your energy, it's not taking away from you. Like it's like, not depleting me. Yeah, like, I think I think what you need to do is it's not necessarily like, Oh, well, now that person has completely depleted my power bank. Like they took some, sure, but you can fill it back up and you're lucky enough that you have people who can fill that back up for you. And I think that would help a lot in terms of like not getting stuck in the rumination. Yeah. That like recognizing that what you did was good and sometimes people need more than they can give. And that's tough. And you don't want to have all five people in your life doing that to you. And sometimes, you know, depending on different people's abilities and the way people's capacity fluctuate, sometimes they're the ones giving you the energy, like, you know, but like, I don't know, I really like this idea of the power circle. And when I thought about, again, the product of the five people you spend your most time, the time with, and I've been using that five people thing, I don't know, for about three years, well, actually, since before COVID, because it was after I left my corporate job, but before I started freelancing because I was, I, I remember the therapist who told it to me, you know what I mean? He's not still mm-hmm. my therapist, but every once in a while, like these gems from him kind of drop in. And this was one of them was like the pat, like the five people you spend the most time with will dictate your mood, energy, behavior, et cetera. Yeah. So I just, I really Good. like being able to connect the power circle with that. And then um, almost hypocritically, I also want to jump into this idea of you deserve the love you give others. This is something I see on Instagram a lot. It's so interesting how you can really interpret this in two ways. One way is you want to make sure the others in your life are giving you the love that you put out there. But then I also think about the fact that like, 
I don't think I give myself that same love. I don't. I definitely give more to other people than I give back to myself. So I've never really thought about this in that way before of like, you deserve the love you are giving others. Like, how do we get that inner critic to take a hike from time to time and bring that love that you so freely give out, whether it's your friends, strangers on the street. Like, you know, I think of someone who's like, not necessarily a friend, but like someone I see pretty much every day or every other day, just because they're in my neighborhood. It's like so ready to lift them up. And then I get home and I'm like, Ooh, it's so cold outside and blah, 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 blah. And then I, and I, I, I ruminate in that as well. Yeah. So these are kind of the things that I've been like nodding about and thinking about. Um, but I think this is a very um, layered regret. So I, th- I thank you for bringing it up. Yeah, maybe we'll revisit it again. I knew it was going to be layered. That's what I was like, for mm-hmm. sure, feedback. And I had a feeling Nadia was going to be great at feedback too. And you were, thank you. Oh, I've absolutely. gotten some really good ideas here. So thank you, both of you. I appreciate you yeah. so much. Uh, Nadia, do you want to have the last word here before we jump into your share? Oh, I just, uh, I, again, I, I really relate to what you've said, Victoria, and um, that, you know, you've helped me work through where that negative rumination comes from and where I can classify it as something negative. Um, so I think this ability right now that we're processing things verbally has been, um, yeah, really helpful. That's like the best feedback we could ever get for this podcast. <laughs> it's like the whole purpose of the podcast. Yeah. It's not just about you. It's it so is, interesting yeah. because you bring you forward your thing, but then we all can recognize something from our own stories, mm-hmm. our own experiences, and suddenly we're healing our own thing in the midst yeah. of that. Yeah. yeah. Everything's a shared experience, right? I, yeah. I, uh, I've been talking about this a lot too in, in my mindfulness classes is uh, gratitude is a shared experience. Mm. If you're the person holding the door open for someone, you get gratitude because you feel good. Mm-hmm. And then the person that's going through the door that you're holding the door for them feels gratitude too. That's beautiful. Yeah. I mean, there's there's really so many things are shared experiences and both people on, on each end are getting something. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like the opposite of what my regret was, but... <laughs> how do I make how do I make sure right that yeah that it's it's a free-flowing shared experience or shared energy between both people mm-hmm. and the relationships that I'm in yeah yeah but Nadia I think we should jump into your share if you want to share before the share like we did with Victoria uh, <laughs> sometimes some people like to set the stage a little bit before they get into their story um, and some people just like to get right into their story so it's up to you I think it's pretty straightforward and perhaps other people can relate. Uh, I regret that I let, when I left the corporate world uh, a couple of now, it's like five years ago or so. I remember, you know, telling my boss who I really admired a woman and respected. And it was very hard for me to let her down and say, I just can't do this anymore. And she completely respected it. Uh, which I was very grateful for. But she did say to me, you know, one thing that you need to work on, Nadia, is that you're too sensitive. And I regret believing that to be true. (laughs) Uh, I believe that to be true. And I think since 
she said that to me now, maybe that's even more than five years. Yeah, it's seven years. I am just reversing that belief or untangling that belief. I can feel moments where I am believing that I, you know, this quality that I have is a real burden versus it is something that is a gift, a unique gift, um, and that it has a purpose. And and it's who I am. <laughs> it's like, you know, I struggle with anxiety. And one of the, and I think we just talked about befriending yourself, right? Shadow, you talked about that yeah. so well. And it's like, when I've been working on my anxiety, it's that I need to make friends with that. I don't need to push it away and think it's bad and evil. And instead, when we can hold it tenderly and say, why? Or, you know, or I can understand. Actually, I think it's more about compassion. I can understand why you feel anxious, or I can understand why this um, event, um, you know, you're seeing so much more here than the average in quotes person sees. So for me, that's what sensitivity means is that I'm picking up more than the average person is picking up. And I've read of one of my friends gave me this great book called the highly sensitive person. I think it's an actual, um, you all are not, it is, you know, yeah, yeah it's an actual yeah. uh, before my, keep going, but yeah, <laughs> no, no. Cause I'm curious. I'm sure yeah. you know a lot more than I do. But when I read that, it was like, we're just pick, I'm picking up so much more in a situation. I'm just absorbing it. And I particularly feel that when I have my period, um, <laughs> it just goes to the next level. And then as a writer, as an artist, I just know that that is my superpower. Like that is what I tap into to be able to create beauty, connection, um, and something that allows people to move into their inner world and heal. Um, and that is something I just need to make friends with and hone and know that, okay, this is a, an important part of me that I also need to make sure I hold it lightly. I don't let it govern me, take control over me and in the ways that I think that it's, it's a vice or it's some, you know, thing that I need to fix, so to speak, um, harshly, <laughs> uh, and, and critique harshly. I'm in the second half of life, you know, I'm, uh, 40 in my for early forties and have accrued in that enough, uh, experiences that make me understand, oh, my sensitivity can help, um, my family, <laughs> my relationships it can help myself. And provided that I, you know, gaze on it with love and tenderness and not see it in this compulsive way. Um, and so, but I'm, I am, to be honest, like I'm still wrapping my head around this and still trying to um, manage, uh, you know, not getting absorbing too much because <laughs> I can, you know, there's things we can say about a something on a conscious level and obviously i've spoken to victoria a bit about this then on a subconscious level there's still the work that has to be done where the absorbing too much becomes uh, too much it's that i regret that i believed 
for so long that this was a problem. <laughs> Would you like feedback today? Or? Yes, please. Okay, I wonderful. <laughs> I'm going to jump right in because um, I literally have a performance plan from when I was in corporate where the comment in my actual performance plan was needs to work on her tofu. What's tofu? And it was the idea that when I walked into an environment, I could suck up all the negative energy. I could, and I would, I would walk into a room and make everyone feel better and just like take on, take on, take on because I was so sensitive. And again, it was one of these things where I thought I had to overcome this. I had to like constantly like make lots of jokes be really tough and rumble like I'm originally from northern Ontario being sensitive is definitely something that's Mm. made fun of there like it's it's not very welcomed and when I go home like even the anticipation of going home I start to feel like I have to bring my walls back up because oh yep they're gonna make fun of my sensitivity again Mm -hmm. and uh, it's only through like yes, leaving corporate world and kind of being on my own with my partner and learning about sensitivity that like it is absolutely a gift. It's an exhausting gift. <laughs> and it turns out I'm a lot more introverted than I thought back when I first entered the corporate environment. And it's because I do have just such a strong desire to make things chill, to make things like, you know, like, yes, let me take your hurt. It doesn't matter. Like, it just, just tell me what's going on. So it's just funny that like someone would actually tell you on your way out of what I presume was a very challenging role that oh you're too sensitive and like I don't know I don't know if that's someone who who's you know jealous in a way because they wish they were more sensitive I also think culture's changing slightly there there was I think even 10 years ago five years ago prior to COVID there was a and maybe it's coming back I'm not sure um but like this strength in like not being vulnerable ever don't show your cards don't do this don't do that and it just mm-hmm. never really worked for me and it's why i i got in trouble a lot or like at work like cuz again it was this and I, yeah it was like one of those things where once i was told that i absorbed too much i just started yeah just whenever someone came to me to complain or needed someone to vent to i started kind of like pushing them out but then i was unhappy because that did make me happy like was was that you know but it did mean that like i would have to take extra sick days because i knew i was walking into an environment that was gonna like pull that out of me i find it fascinating that we still don't see sensitive. Well, may, and maybe it's changing. I'm not sure. But yeah, I am so thankful that you shared this because um, being too sensitive is something I've struggled with as well. And believing that that was a fault and not seeing it as a gift and not seeing it as, again, if I'm only interacting with my power circle, then that's not a problem. But when I step outside of that power circle and those people are like, oh, here she comes again, too sensitive McGee. <laughs> like, you know, I have to kind of change my personality. So yeah, not necessarily feedback, just a lot of like, <laughs> I, I so hear what you're saying because it just rings true for me in so many ways. <laughs> well, yeah. and I'm curious because this idea of somebody had told me, so if you're having a lot of input like a lot of Mm. inputs are coming in Mm. what are your outputs right so yeah for you like do you find 
you need a lot of outputs. Like, does that help you balance out? It's oh, it's fascinating that you mentioned that. Back when I was doing corporate work, like work, I had so many hobbies. I had clown classes on Monday. I had improv comedy on Wednesdays. I had burlesque dancing on the weekend. I constant and constant friend dinners and constant this, constant that. And then this past weekend, it was my birthday weekend. Like today's my actual birthday. But then when it was like, oh, we're going to have a party. And I was like, ooh, no, thanks. <laughs> it's like, I've really eliminated, like I've really eliminated that part of my life because now that I don't have as many inputs, I do have a lot fewer outputs. And I was guilting myself for not keeping up with certain hobbies and it being because like you know a memory came up of my 30th birthday and we did have a party and it was a surprise party and there's people from my improv class there and there's people from this social group and that social group and it was an amazing 30th birthday not what I would like now not at all what I would like now mm. so I like this idea where before it was a lot of input output and now that I'm I've reduced a lot of the inputs mm. that strong need for creative hobbies I still have some creative hobbies but it's not like a like a physical visceral like I need to do these things it's more of about enjoying them now so that's a really great question thank you for that <laughs> I'm gonna jump in and say I yeah. relate to everything both of you just said Nice. So this idea of like the the highly sensitive person or the sensitive person we're just starting to understand it now Mm -hmm. And I like can look back to my childhood right. and be like, I was having a heat, I had a heat flash at like nine years old. And I'm like, oh, it's probably because of the dinner table, there was tension at the dinner table. And like, I remember like my step grandma being like, what's wrong with you? Why are you hot? Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, and I was like making fun of me. She's like, she's like, you're in menopause or whatever. Right. And I'm, I look back now and I'm like, oh, I know what was happening. I was reacting and I've always been, yeah, I can read the energies well. So I think all three of us here can say on the call that we're like <laughs> sensitive person. But I want to go back to your boss saying that to you and you too, Shadow. I When I was in corporate, luckily I never had that. I think I just masked it really well by being an overachiever and what you're saying, doing so many things, so many outputs. But I just want to take a, re um, a second to like recognize and validate that you're allowed to be hurt by that and that that is part of the stigma that we're all fighting against right now and we need to talk about it and i had a story that i told in a past episode about a, a coach saying your job today is not to be bitchy right so it's kind of a similar thing i just want to acknowledge that that person should never have said that to you same for you shadow it never should have been written down it never should have been said to you it is absolutely wrong and it's absolutely part of the stigma that we need to fight against when it comes to mental health. You should never tell somebody that has anxiety, somebody that you suspect has anxiety, things like you're too sensitive, what's wrong with you? That is absolutely unacceptable. And it's part of the reason why I left the corporate world because I cannot handle this culture that is not changing and it's not okay. And I'm really sorry that that happened to both of you. That's hard and it sucks and it's not okay. Or in the corporate world, we get so into our bubbles and so into the tasks and so into meeting the body bottom line and money and like all the things that happen in the corporate world, right? Human beings are human beings and they deserve to be treated like human beings and they deserve to be understood. 
And we can get so wound up in the bubble in other places too, not just in the corporate world, but places where you're in a bubble, maybe like a sports team or which is what's happened to me in the past. To acknowledge that the words that you say to people matter and you might not even know that it matters. Like I bet that that supervisor doesn't even remember saying it to you and doesn't think that it mattered. And here we are five years later and you remember it and it affected you and your words matter. Mm-hmm. The words that you say to people matter. Your actions matter too, but we need to start being more aware of the way we minimize people's feelings and behaviors to make ourselves feel more in power and control or to make ourselves feel better without taking into consideration the other person. And in, in my humble opinion, that is absolutely never appropriate feedback ever in a professional setting. Yeah, it's so interesting because, of course, like this is somebody who's of a different generation. It's a female. And uh, they were saying that out of goodness, right? They were yes. saying that to help me. Mm-hmm. And, and I felt like, oh, this person cares about my success. Mm-hmm. I think then thinking about, oh, that was an opportunity. Now, seven years later, I would say not then because I was yeah. and much less experience in life. Um, then now I would say this is an opportunity for me to actually have a conversation mm-hmm. with you and say, actually, you know, all that work that you really liked that came out of my sensitivity. Mm-hmm. And I, w- that's where I wish I could have said that. Yeah. Known that at that time, but I know that now. Yeah. And, and you know what, you said it and it, and it stuck with me to your point. And maybe that was like the thing, cause you need to work against on something and you need to work against it. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think too, it, this is where it all becomes really gray. Right. I can, I can just think of people saying, but I'm saying this out of goodness, right. Cause I yeah. want, I want you to succeed and I, and I believe in your success. And then it's up to us to say, this is a great opportunity to discuss it, mm-hmm. not with contempt, because this is the thing in our culture that I worry about, that people are scared to say anything anymore because they're mm-hmm. worried that they're going to suddenly say the wrong thing and be misunderstood. And and it's like, oh, wait, let's can we all have discussions around, mm-hmm. you know, around this this topic, this subject? I hope we're getting there. But I do have empathy for this person who's of a different generation mm-hmm. who had to fight, who didn't have the same opportunities as a woman to be where she was. Now it's like, if I could just go back and say this to her, mm-hmm. that's my regret. Like, I wish yeah. I could say that. And, and, I, and, I, my, and I also hope that I continue to say that. Because I every day, I'm sure you face it every day, where I face people, men in particular, who diminish what I say because it sounds too sensitive, too emotional, mm-hmm. and they're not com- It's they who are not comfortable with it. It's yeah. the great irony that once you actually start talking about being sensitive to things, people get so sensitive about yeah. their comfort. <laughs> That's so um, true. <laughs> yes. Very interesting. Um, I So you might have seen that I was on my phone earlier and I was only doing that because I wanted to make sure I got this right. So um, the Highly Sensitive Person book, I believe it's written by Elaine Anon. 
she released that book in 1997. Wow. Wow. And we're what? 30 years later almost or 25 years later and it's almost like people are just starting to embrace embrace it now or or maybe embrace is the right word and this is this is the point i was getting to to nadia is yeah your boss shouldn't have said that to you if that happened now now we know that that's inappropriate Mm -hmm, but you're right five years ago we didn't before covid we didn't we have to talk about it and we're doing that right now and people are going to hear us talking about it now that's right and if you're a supervisor right there listening (laughs) And like, just reword it. Yeah. Right. Just say, you know, you're really great at reading people's energies and figuring out what's going on in the room. Yeah. Yeah. But that might be depleting you. How can I support you with that? Absolutely. Not saying you're too sensitive. Figure it out on your own. Yeah. 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 Sorry, Shadow, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Keep going. No, I appreciate it. It's good. Um, And then there's only one other uh, quote I want to include here. So I don't know if either of you are familiar with the comedian Hannah Gadsby. Oh, I yes. love her. Yeah, I love her. So in her first special, uh, she said something that has really stuck with me. And I found the exact wording here. When somebody tells me to stop being so sensitive, you know what, I feel a little like a nose being lectured by a fart. I'm not the problem. <laughs> so good. Yeah. It's true. And, like what you yeah. were saying, Maddie, with like this idea that like, oh, but I can't say anything because then I get in trouble. And it's like, but why do you want to say mean things? Yeah. yeah. Like, why is that what you want uh, mm. to say? Or like, why is it that like we're b- building up these like ugh, even this idea that like, oh, I want you to be successful. But like, I want you to be successful in this toxic environment that doesn't recognize your sensitivity. That's not success. You're right. That's society's definition of success. It's not your definition of success. And it's also not, it just, again, it's, it's one of those things where I also find it funny. I keep seeing these things where like, oh, everyone has ADHD now. Everyone's (laughs) neurodivergent. Everyone's this. And it's like, okay, well, if everyone's that, let's take everything down a couple notches like don't tell me that everyone has adhd when i know i can't go back to an office environment because my adhd is going to be so impactful to a nine to five neurotypical experience Mm -hmm. like you can't just say well Mm -hmm. everyone has it these days because society is still a very stiff box so maybe it's just that the people the people that are being diagnosed with it and there is more diagnosis because we're aware yeah. of it now oh, are speaking about it more because yeah. we want to be heard. Mm-hmm. I speak about my anxiety more. Mm-hmm. I speak yeah. about rejection, sensitivity, dysphoria, which is this, this, or sensitivity, which is this new yeah. thing, this new, right? Like we're speaking about it more. So it's not that everybody has it more. Yeah. It's that we don't want to be stigmatized anymore. And we want a functioning human being in society with these things. Mm-hmm. Well, and like you're saying, the, and the way we talk about it, like to your yeah. point, Victoria, that was such a good point around how she could have said, spoken to me about this subject mm-hmm. that she was worried about for me. And I'm sure we all feel this, that some people have a, like, I think language is really changing. I think we're in a yeah. moment where language is, people, I find it hard to catch up yeah. with the language mm-hmm. because it is shifting and changing. And what this meant something one day and now it means this another day mm-hmm. That's and true. it's hard yeah. to keep up yeah. and so what's exciting about that is that 
you know, there's just so much more room and opportunities to speak about things. Uh, there wasn't five years ago. <laughs> and now it's our job, all of us, as you're saying, to if if we can begin speaking differently about things, that, that's contagious. And other people, uh-huh. you're giving people permission. And it's, and it's a very different way of connecting, getting the best out of another person. The, the power of language, I know, Victoria, you work a lot uh-huh. about with that, is just wild to me. It's just wild to me. And I continuously am like amazed further and further you go with how language impacts us and how we can play with it, actually. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, we can flip it. We can play with it. Again, back to the power of language. You remember that she said, your problem is you're too sensitive, right? Like you still remember the too sensitive, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And so that's that's the power of language, the subconscious Mm -hmm. brain. We can use it for good Mm-hmm. And we can use it to create limiting belief patterns and mm-hmm. self-doubt patterns and those sorts of things too. And like you were saying that we need to start tapping into using the power of language for good to reprogram those beliefs in our in our brain, to speak out loud. That's why Shadow and I have this podcast, to use your language mm-hmm. and speak out loud because it just feels good to say it out loud sometimes. This thing happened to me or I did this thing and I'm sorry for doing this thing or whatever, but to speak it out loud and this is how I'm feeling. We get it out of our head and put it out into the outside world just by speaking it. We need to be aware of how we're talking to each other as human beings. Mm-hmm. I I think back to like to just, you know, put this onus back on myself. I think back to when I first moved to the city, I would tell people like, well, if I'm mean to you, that's how you know I really like you. Like, mm. I, I only tease the people I really like. If I've only ever been nice to you, I'm being fake. Like, mm-hmm. and this weird, like, almost badge of honor I would carry about like, mm. oh, guess what? I can be mean to you. And that means like, I like you more than the average person. Was it like, I tell it like it is kind of thing? It was a bit of that. Yeah. And it was a bit of like, oh, I'm comfortable around you to like tease you kind of thing. And also I grew up where that was love. So like that to me, and, and, and not just like a weird, like I'm making this up. That's how I perceived things. No, like people would literally say like, if I mean to you, it's because I love you. Like I'm preparing you for the world. I, you need Mm. to be able to like give it back to people if they give it to you kind of thing. And I didn't realize like, Oh, but I could choose people in my life that don't give it who don't lob those kind of comments. So in that way, I don't have to have my tennis racket ready. Right. And like, that's, it's just such a different way of living that like, I don't think my younger self would have understood or appreciated if not for my own kind of therapeutic journey. <laughs> so it's almost like you have to do it wrong. To yeah. Know, right. What that this is not serving you. There's a great quote that says success will never teach you anything. <laughs> oh, I like that. I love that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Fake. It's so, And that's where like, I like getting older because I'm like, mm. oh, I, I know this to be true. Mm-hmm. Your, your point shadow like yeah doing this so you can't even preempt it so don't beat yourself up for not mm-hmm. doing it perfectly <laughs> yeah well I love now, that. yeah and like I've I'm now prepared to spend time with people who I know are not sensitive and are not sensitive to my sensitivity <laughs> and you know they have to go on their own journey 
So that's where it becomes not necessarily a grudge or a barrier, bringing it back Mm -hmm. to yours, Victoria, but just this protection of like, I'm here, but I'm not going to give them my gift. That they don't have the capacity to understand it. Yeah. 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 I mean, I'll I'll say the flip side of that is I know I talk about my book club a lot and I love my (laughs) book club girls. Yeah. We all have different, some of us are sensitive. Some of us aren't like we're a good mix of human Mm -hmm. beings, but Again, I think the thing that works so well in kind of our group of friends is communication. Like I remember one time one of my one of one of the book club members was I don't know, going off on a lecture about something. I th- I think it was the monarchy and how much she didn't like the monarchy and like mm. I'm like questioning the monarchy now too, but I you know, I'm eighth generation Canadian. I have like I'm a royal steward, like I <laughs> my great great mm. aunt was like royalty my great great auntie like of the Stewart clan and uh she went a little bit too far and then she stopped and she looked in the room and she went oh I went too far (laughs) (laughs) and she and she looked at me and she looked at it and she's like sorry like right like right away though she communicated it that she's like oh I went too far I can see that you're or or, I don't think I don't think you think she said I can see that you're feeling that she was like are you feeling that and I was like, yeah. And she was like, okay, <laughs> sorry. Right. But it's like, we're able to communicate because we know how each other's works. And that's like a real big blessing too, is knowing of course. Like, really having like a, an understanding of how your friends actually function as human beings. And then having friends in your life that are in my power circle that understand mm-hmm. how I function as a human being too. And the same person when I was going through like anxiety, like I remember once we were like, right when I was at my breakdown, one meeting we were like talking too much about admin we're like who's hosting the next one and how are we choosing the book and she looked at me and could see i was about to have anxiety attack and she's like are you okay go to the bathroom (laughs) right (laughs) she was like just get into this room and i'll make sure we're done by the time you come back from the bathroom right but um this person i would not say is a highly sensitive person they're just aware of what my needs were Mm, right so that's nice so it's it's nice to have that i'm really lucky to have that in my life too yeah okay great um, well, we're coming up on just about 90 minutes here, everyone. So, uh, Nadia, I just want to give you any, uh, like, a last chance, any last words. Was there anything you said today that you're going to be like, oh, I, I'm Regret actually meant saying this. that? <laughs> <laughs> I just want to make sure you clear up anything that you're maybe second guessing or. No, I no. Really oh, I'm glad. It. Yeah, I really enjoyed this discussion. I didn't know where it was going to go. And there's so many surprises, I think, where it went. And mm-hmm. and again, the shared experience piece is I'm really grateful um, that you both have invited me here and provided this platform, this opportunity mm-hmm. uh, to work through this because I honestly, I think I needed to hear uh, this <laughs> feedback because it's obviously something that is with me and I battle um, and particularly I'm sure during the holidays where you you, you encounter lots of people that yep. Yep. <laughs> yeah that's true that is true I'll yeah. be like, just like hey I can remember because <laughs> yeah. I'm absorbing so much here yeah, like, yeah. uh at the risk of being too cheesy uh, some people get stocking stuffers and some people get the big gift and sometimes your sensitivity is the gift. Yeah. So don't package it up and give it to someone who's going to want to get a uh, gift receipt. Yeah. So. <laughs> That's true too. <laughs> you know, bring yeah. them, you know, bring them your like 
your, your little sympathy, not you know, your full-blown yeah. sensitivity. <laughs> well, and I just want to actually, you're making me think of one last point that I wanted yeah, to great. Make, mm. get there was that there is this thing I'm sure you guys know about like feminine energy and masculine energy. Right. And that's another thing that has brought me to kind of having a conversation with myself about, about um, my sensitivity and everybody, no matter their gender, right. Have this female and male energy hmm. and, you know, defining male energy is needing to have control over your environment and it's hmm. very action oriented energy and it's not bad. It's like a piece of you that helps you in nature. And, um, and then there's the female feminine energy, which is this all seeing energy hmm. and that you don't need to act that you're just observing and seeing it all. And I think that that energy is powerful and it's tendon befriend energy. And when we can see the full, a fuller landscape, yes, it can be too much at times if we live there, but it's like, again, that balance, that yin and yang and moving between those energies, but ensuring you're nourishing, you know, both sides as, as best as you can. You're never going to strike it perfectly mm -hmm. as you know, we've been talking about, um, and so I think that's one piece of it. The sensitivity thing is around that feminine energy and just like giving it some room and space and how we all need it. And I'm sure we all also feel when we are sensitive and we come to another person and make them feel like they are safe to feel seen and, and they're feeling seen. Like we, I hmm. you know, told certain men that I was very uh, intimidated by like, Oh, are you okay? Cause you don't seem okay. And nobody right. else. And they're like, Oh, thank you for saying that. So that's mm -hmm. that idea of feminine energy and sensitivity. Mm -hmm. Cause people, mm -hmm. I think that is a gift and people really appreciate that. And it's powerful. So that's my final point. <laughs> <laughs> I really like that. And I have, I have, uh a bunch of tangents off that, but I'm going to just hold them for now. <laughs> Sorry. And I know I, I will definitely follow up with you in a separate uh, conversation. Um, Cause yeah, I, I really like that. And I have my own reasons for why I think the male energy gets prioritized over the female energy, but, mm. but we'll I think we should do an episode <laughs> on masculine and feminine. Oh my energy. gosh. Yeah. I nice think that'd be a great episode. And, and, and maybe Nadia, you'd like to come back for that. And maybe we have oh, love to. us back for oh, that. Because be I think fun. that could be a really good discussion. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and, and learning experience uh, yep. as well. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. So again, thank you so much for being here, uh, Nadia. Uh, if listeners want to find you, and why wouldn't they? Like, this was such a great day. Um, where would be the best way to find you, your newsletter, all those great things you've got going on? Yeah, thanks. I am on Substack. I don't know if you uh, know Substack, the platform. Uh, mm -hmm. They can find me there at the Dormer Window. That okay. is my, the name of my newsletter and my writing studio. Uh, and it's um, really focused on um, building momentum for our creative intelligence, our creative capacity, believing in it. And there's a lot of science um, that is shared there around why our creativity matters. Uh, there's some great discussions there as well. Uh, the other place is on Instagram, Nadia Laws <laughs> underscore writer. <laughs> you can find me okay. there as well. So it, it, my name, N-A-D-I-A, yep. S-H-A-H-B for boy, A-Z underscore writer. 
Love it. So there's an extra H in there and it's one word, Nadia Shabazz underscore writer. writer. Beautiful. And definitely, uh, you know, when you find her there, uh, definitely sign up for the Substack. I signed up as soon as Victoria let me know you were coming on the podcast. And I feel like I've already like gotten some nice little like glimmers uh, (laughs) from your content. (laughs) Um, And actually, just before we get into the three breasts, uh, can you tell me why the dormer window? I, I, I don't... Yeah, I, yeah. I, I just think that there is a part of us that reminds me of that little space up at the top of the window of the house, that little window, it's oh. really cozy and elevated. It's at that different level. And I think it's really special and unique space. And, um, and I just imagine, you know, that part of us giving some room and space to that part of us. And um uh, so that's that's uh, it kind of looks like an eye and it's it's special. It feels special. And I think we <laughs> need to honor ourselves and giving ourselves time and space to be in that little cozy, elevated space. Mm-hmm. Great that uh, I didn't know that that's what that window was called. So I, oh, yeah. I just learned uh, two things here. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I can I can completely picture what you're talking about and uh yeah what a beautiful concept to apply to our lives um okay yes all this goodness and wonderful energy i'm getting like bubbly about it <laughs> see we're even getting each other's energies not we're all on zoom but you know you still when you're a sensitive person you still get energy right from yeah. hearing hearing tones of voices seeing faces those sorts of things and um yeah, I just want to thank you, Nadia. Was, I, I was so excited to have you on. Nadia and I have connected in other ways. And uh, this was great. Mm-hmm. Just thank you so much. This was really great. Really, really great. Shall we do our three breaths, everyone? Yes, please. <laughs> okay. Come on to the front edge of your seat, everybody. If it's safe to do so, if you're driving, just participate in the breaths and still have your eyes open. If it's safe to close your eyes, close your eyes. I just want you to feel your feet on the floor, feel your points of contact with the earth. That's gravity holding you onto the face of the planet. And know that the earth is always supporting you. It's always holding you in the palm of its hand. And that you matter just by being a human being on the face of the planet. Just sink into those points of contact. And I want you to shrug your shoulders up and down and take a big breath in. And as you exhale, say, release, 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 release. Release, 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 release. Releasing any tension, sinking into your connection to the earth. And on this next breath, recognize that the only thing that matters in this moment right now is breathing. Breathing is what keeps you alive, and that's the only thing you need. Taking a big breath in, big breath out. (sighs) I have everything I need in this moment because I have breath. And on this last breath, taking a big breath in, big breath out. Relieving yourself of any regrets, saying to yourself, I've done everything I can do today, and that's okay. Thank you so much for joining us, everybody. 
and we will see you in the next one. Thanks to our guests. Thanks to my amazing co-host shadow. And we look forward to the next time. Okay. Bye. Okay. Bye. Bye. <laughs> this episode of let's relieve regret was produced by shadow ball and Victoria Mirbersia. We are an independent podcast supported by you, our listeners. You can become a supporter by donating three, five, or even $8 per month at www.letsrelieveregretpodcast.buzzsprout.com and click on the support button. You can find the link in the show notes. Our goal is to empower as many women as possible to overcome the shame and guilt that accompanies regret. If this podcast helped you have an aha moment, help us spread the word. It's free for you and it means the world to us. Please follow us on Instagram at relieve.regret. Tell two friends. Or leave a five-star review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Find all this information and more in the show notes. Okay. Bye. Bye.